praise in the midst of that song. There's no end to amazing grace. What a great reminder for each and every one of us that no matter what we might be going through, no matter where we may have wandered or strayed, His grace, there is no end. For He remains there with those arms outstretched and opened, welcoming us again into His midst to receive from Him His gifts of love, forgiveness, and life that is eternal. So I don't know about you, but as these uh, three readings today were read for us, I have found myself, uh, since uh, I began to lay out this series, and particularly reading these readings, I have found myself challenged. Asking myself, how am I doing? In regards to the Lord calling me and you, how am I doing in regards to loving as the Lord has loved me? How am I doing in regards to you know, being compelled by Christ's love to live for Him? Indeed, these are challenging readings, bold statements about the power of Christ. But I think when we are confronted by these words, I sense that we find ourselves with a little bit of doubt. Who, me, Lord? And I can't do it. He says, you will or you are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The metamorphosis, a change that happens in our lives when, you know, the Spirit of God comes into us through the waters of baptism. The Spirit of God continues to fill us with Christ as His Word is read and proclaimed here and in our own homes, where the Lord comes to us in His body and blood. We're no longer the same. Or we're not meant to be. But unfortunately, what we often do is find ourselves caught between the old and the new. We want the old to be gone, but we somehow feel constrained or held right where we are, and we're not living out our lives in that newness of life that He has empowered us to. We want to be new. Sometimes it seems that that future, that Hope is so far away. There was a, uh, an old farmer who uh, had raised his family out on the farm, and he finally decided, you know, I need to introduce them to the world a little bit beyond the countryside and the farm. And so he drove them into the, the, the big city, and they drove in, and everyone was at awe over the buildings and the lights and everything else. And then they parked, and they went into a department store. Ma and the, the girls, they went over into the housewares department and they could not believe all the different appliances and gadgets and they were just, you know, enthralled. But Pa and the boys, they went over into another part of the store and then they were stopped. As they watched these doors open and close and open and close, and every once in a while, you know, somebody would get in and then the doors would open again and nobody would be there. And then finally, this gray-haired woman, sorry ladies and gentlemen, you know, shows up and kind of makes her way in. 
the door closes, and a few moments later the door is open and out comes this beautiful young woman. <laughs> and the boy says, wow! And the dad says, yeah, go get your mom. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Here is the point. Don't we sometimes wish that the transformation that the scriptures are talking about were that simple? That all it would take is, you know, the fact of our baptism, the fact is God's Word is speaking and filling us today, and, and we would leave behind completely the old. But it's not so simple. We sort of wish it could be that easy, but it's not. So what is it that hinders us from experiencing the very power of Christ and His transformational love and His transformational power in our lives? And by the way, not only in our lives, but through our lives into the lives of those who are around us. Well, a man was once asked, are you a Christian? And he thought for a moment, and then he responded with this answer. He said, yes, in spots. You see, his experience is probably very much like many of ours, in that, you know, that, you know, in areas, we allow our faith to be evidence. In areas, we'll allow our faith to be known. And in other areas, we keep it to ourselves. We, we segment our, our faith and our lives from sometimes other areas of our lives. But the Lord here is not saying you will become new creations. It's not future tense. It's present. He says you are new creations. And the word that is used there, we've talked about every Easter when we've been here, is that word of metamorphosis. You and I have been completely transformed and changed from the people that we were. But then that doesn't change the fact that we're still dealing with that battle between being forgiven saint and sinner. And so we allow certain obstacles to get in the way and interfere with us being who God has called us to be. Most of you sitting here this morning would remember the, the rock group, The Who. And you probably in particular would remember their song, Who Are You? If someone were to ask you today, who are you, how would you answer that question? Would you say, oh, you know, my, my work is, you know, or I used to in my career, or, you know, I'm a citizen of, or I live here, or, you know, I'm a husband to, or a wife to, or a parent to, or whatever it is. How would you answer that question of who are you? My dear friends, who we are is defined more than what we have done or what we do or where we live or where our citizenship is. So let me challenge you and let me encourage you today that the Lord defines who we are in the words that have been read for us today. You, like Samuel, are called. 
He didn't just call a few. He called all of his people to come into a relationship with him. He called all of his people to understand that as those who have experienced his love in our lives, we are called into his service. We are called to listen and then to respond as God's servants. Next, I encourage you to remember what Christ has done and He is still doing for you today and every day that He loves you and that He forgives you. And then, as Paul wrote, let Christ's love compel you. What compels you to be who you are? What compels you to do what you do? I pray that it's you reflecting upon who He is and what He has done and what He has made you. Or remember what Jesus said in this reading where He said, You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you to go. You are valued, you are wanted, you are loved, you are equipped as those who are His beloved. Yes, you are loved. For he said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Who are you? And as you answer that question in the context of these words from the Lord, that is who you truly are in Christ. In a very real sense, you and I are living in a world that is caught between the old and the new. It seems as though many of us as Christians struggle with hanging on to the old that will one day be completely gone rather than focusing upon the new, that which has already come. The text says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The power of this new is readily available in the here and the now. We are called to believe that this is so and then to demonstrate that belief by complete and thorough surrender of our lives to the power and the working of Christ. Surrender. Getting out of the way putting aside our agenda, our plans, our wants, our vision, and surrendering unto the Lord, the one who is the maker and creator of all, the one who sustains it all, the one who has redeemed and forgiven us. Surrender. Why is this issue of surrender so important? In truth, you cannot experience the new while you're hanging on to the old. You can't access the full power of Christ through half-hearted commitment or with a daily lifestyle still controlled by the old. Surrender is not a momentary deal. It is a moment-by-moment -moment deal. I often in my life have learned that I need to remember those words of Joshua as they were moving into the promised land, and he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve. You get out of bed. Which path are you going on? Yours or God's? When you hit the middle of the morning and you know something is facing you and you've got to make a decision, are you going to follow your path or God's path?
Choose this day whom you will serve. We, my friends, need to realize that the old must go. There is no moving forward into the new until we experience the forgiveness of the old. That forgiveness must be thorough and complete. As that old contemporary song says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yes, we struggle because of our sin. We struggle in trying to live out this life of faith, this life of love, this life of witness, this life of being ambassadors we've been called to be. We often do so because we somehow think we don't know enough. We don't know what to say. Well, then let me help you. Maybe take to heart those words that are attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, who is said to have or proclaimed this, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Do you realize the way that you carry yourself? The way you respond to someone? All of these things, wherever we are, we are giving testimony. If necessary, use words, but preach the gospel at all times. Today we declare Christ's name because Christ has done something about what we could not do for ourselves. Verse 19, reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sins against them. It's important that you and I understand just what Christ's power did for us in this regard. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. And we focus on the cross of Christ because the death he died was linked to our sin. We are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. The old is to be gone. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. The death upon the cross that Jesus suffered was there for us. His sacrificial death took our place. It completely cleansed us of all of our sin, of all time, and the sin of others against us. Verse 14 says, we are convinced that one died for all. Praise God. The path to personal transformation, the path to becoming the new creations we've been called to be, the path to being the witnesses, the ambassadors we've been called to be, comes and is empowered by Christ and His love. Here again, verse 15. And He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. There's no room for spotty Christians there, is there? No longer living for self. You do realize that when I preach this, I'm preaching to myself first, right? It's not easy to 
you know, find ourselves in a world that is so secularized and things have become so normalized that, you know, we forget that we are but His vessels. We are, you know, those through whom He has chosen to work. We no longer live for ourselves, but for Him who died. The power to transform, my friends, is Christ. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I was thinking as we began to discuss uh, going through this visioning processes of a church of if we were to go out and ask people who had never walked into this church before what this church is known for, what would they say? Now I have some ideas. A few of them I've heard. But that's the word that I would hope would somehow come forth that this is a church that loves. It's not that we're doing it perfectly. And it's not that our task is done yet. But how are we doing? Transformation. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. Love one another as I have loved you. Did you come here this morning expecting to be transformed? Did you think when you walked through those doors, when they closed, you would walk out different? I hope so, but I have a sense that, like me, I don't always tell myself that. I'm like, yeah, it's another Sunday. Yeah, I get to praise the Lord, but I don't really expect to leave different. But I ask you today to change your perspective and let this biblical perspective guide you. Today, He is here. Today, He is molding and shaping you and me further through His love, through the means of grace, through the fellowship of believers. When those doors open, we should walk out of here transformed and beautiful with the love of Christ shining forth in and through us. My dear friends, it's time. It's time to live out Christ's command for us who have been transformed by His love and resurrection. To live as those shaped by His love. To live out His vision. Yes, love each other as I have loved you and go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. That is God's vision. May it be yours as well. Amen.